I'm sure many of us have seen the movie, The Greatest Showman, which tells the story, powerful story, of a man who had to overcome tremendous obstacles in order to take care of his family and to also do something amazing with his life, beginning a whole new type of entertainment, this great circus. And yet, as we watch the movie, which the soundtrack is probably what stays with many of us, one of the refrains in one of the songs is never enough. And, and I think that it has a very deep meaning and significance within the context of the movie. Because for many of us, these words can echo in our own minds and hearts as well. And we're looking at this man. On the one hand, we see this never enough of his desire. That he's always wanting more. That, that what he's achieved is never enough. What he's accomplished is never enough. And, and we can experience that. But then there's also a never enough of experiencing our own insufficiency. That who I am, what I have done, is not enough. So it can be both on the one side uh, you know, a certain greed or desire, but on the, other, on the other hand, also a sense of our own lack of perfection. And I think that today's gospel gives us a clue about how to establish our identity in God, because I would propose that as the antidote to an experience of never enough. And I would invite you to think back, you know, reflect when is the last time that you were mad at God, or at least somewhat upset or disappointed. And I think that, you know, it's, it's something that a lot of times we kind of you know, shove off into a corner. We try not to think about that. But if we're going to have a relationship with God, it has to be a true relationship, which means that there's a give and take, and there's two persons here, and there's feelings, and there's emotions, and it's important to acknowledge what is actually happening in our hearts. You know, and I think that too often our, our growing in our relationship with God is hindered precisely by thinking that we can never get upset, that we can never feel disappointed, and that we can't ever express even feelings of blame towards God. And I don't think this is what God wants. I think he obviously wants to work beyond that, but he wants us to be honest and sincere and open in our relationship with him because he wants to have a real relationship with us. And so he wants to help us work through the negative feelings that we might sometimes experience, not to merely repress them. Now, at the same time, we have to recognize that we're not on the same footing with God. You know, he's not just your buddy that you play softball with on Saturday afternoon, but he's, you know, God, Lord, creator of the universe. But there's a real relationship there. And so we need to allow ourselves to enter into relationship with him. And I think, you know, so often we can feel a certain hesitancy here, and there's good reason that, for that, because we're not equal. But here's the power of the image from today's gospel. The power of clothing ourselves with the wedding garment. Now, we're not worthy to be before him, but he himself makes us worthy. We are not worthy of the gifts that the Lord gives us. And we see in today's gospel that the first ones invited to the, to the banquet did not come. They didn't show up. And throughout the centuries, we've seen how fathers of the church have interpreted this 
as you know the rejection of the chosen people of Christ, at least in the first moment, right? And then this kind of second wave of people that get invited to the wedding ban banquet, well, very much an image of the Gentiles, of the foreigners that are invited into the feast. And, and in order to, to understand this, we have to also get a little bit the context of ancient religions. And I think we could characterize ancient religions as local and ethnic, right? It was the, you know, the followers or the, you know, the members of a certain tribe that would worship a certain de deity. And, you know, it's even one of the interesting themes that you can follow in the Old Testament to see how the idea of the worship of the invisible God was something that became more and more universal. That even though there was still very much the strong sense of the chosen people of Israel, at the same time, gradually, but more and more, they were seen as an instrument of salvation for all the nations. Right? And this comes out very, very clearly in the book of Isaiah, for example, and then reaches its fulfillment, its culmination in Christ, in his gospel message. You know, because I think most of us here probably do not belong ethnically or locally to the chosen people, but through our baptism and our membership in the church, we are able to and called to, to participate in the true wedding banquet that is our living out of our Catholic faith. And this leads us to another you know, great reality. Our salvation is a gift. This comes out at the beginning and at the end of today's gospel. The wedding feast is an image of the largesse of God, the generosity of God. We are invited to enter into a relationship with God by giving him the gift of our trust in him. You know, if we're going to enter into a relationship with God, who is greater, you know, it's not equal. You know, he's much more than we are. But we have to at least give him our trust. If you trust in the Lord, you will sever the root of that which destroys you. Believe that he loves you. I think this is something that's so essential if we're going to develop our own relationship with God. The world wants to trick us into thinking that God does not care about us. But he is the one who loves us beyond our wildest imagination. And so looking at today's gospel, one of the lessons that we need to learn is we have to put on the wedding garment. It's not enough to just show up. We have to do our part. We have to wear the wedding garment which he gives to us. And we think of that refrain of never enough. On our own, we are not enough. But Christ clothes us with his redemption, with his blood shed on the cross. This is what makes us worthy. This is the wedding garment that allows us to come into the presence of the Lord. It is his grace. Too often, you know, I feel that we're all, we're all drawn by this desire of power and control. We fear to trust God because we want to put all of our trust in ourselves. We want to be self-reliant. We don't want to depend on God for anything. And the first people in today's gospel that were invited to the feast, they seem uninterested in the gift. And it's so easy for us to fall into that same bad attitude. The words, I am afraid to turn everything over to God, hurt like a slap in the face, because they are as if you are saying to God, I don't trust you. I do not know what you are going to do with me. And so often that can be our experience. 
if we're honest and sincere, that we could experience a certain distrust of God. We fall into a bad attitude with God. So much of our spiritual life is growing in awareness of God's presence and growing in trust in Him. We could almost say that distrust in a certain way is worse than sin because it is the root and source of sin. Now that distrust, there there can't be a relationship where there's distrust. There has to be trust. And we need the same with God. We need to trust Him. We need to make, we need to bridge the gap with our faith, believing in Him, with our trust, knowing that He wants what is best for us. To put on the wedding garment is to take the path of spiritual childhood instead of spiritual old age. Spiritual life, we could say an old person, someone who relies on his own calculations, who lists pros and cons, limits the possibility for God to act and set limits on his love and mercy. God wants us to receive his gifts. A child grasps for the moon and believes that he will get it. And God will give you much more than the moon. You know, I think so often the problem in our prayer isn't that we ask for too much, but rather that we ask for too little. You know, and we're not praying to win the lottery. You know, you can pray to win the lottery, but don't be too disappointed if God doesn't do that for you. Because if he doesn't give it to you, it's because it's not what's best for you at this moment. But to ask for him for the gift of living in grace, to ask for the gift of growing in devotion, to ask for the gift to be more faithful in my daily responsibilities. These are the things that we should be praying for. So many people today feel unworthy of God. You know, and I worry about the people that stay far away from the church because they feel that they are unworthy of God. He wants to clothe us with the wedding garment. He's not a God of condemnation, but he does ask us to try to to work with him. You know, So putting on that wedding garment is also a sign of, well, I'm going to accept what our Lord is asking of me. Crises from the past, failed relationships, and painful experiences of the church have eroded their trust in God, those who stay far away. And it is important for us to recognize the gift of God's relationship that he is trying to give us. We do this by putting on the wedding garment, by fostering in ourselves a childlike trust in God. I would invite you this week to take some time in prayer to spend with God and to ask him, what is in my heart where I still don't trust you? What is it in my heart that I'm still too attached to myself and I don't allow myself to be completely enveloped in your love? And then allow him to put his wedding garment on you, to clothe you with his grace, to receive We can look at the image of the blood of Christ that makes us worthy before God the Father. So that we can move away from that experience which plagues so many of us, of feeling insufficient, of having that refrain of never enough, and that rather we can repeat the words, only God is enough.